my experience, you've asked me my experience, I reached the point where I was absolutely fed up with my ego. And yet there I was stuck with it. And I had a lot of intellectual pride and I didn't like that because it made me very dry. And I remembered when I was a child how happy I had been. And uh, I thought if I can only find that happiness again. And Master used to <coughs> urge me to develop more devotion. And I finally understood that devotion is the most important thing for overcoming ego. When you love God, there's also, however, spiritual ego. You can become proud of your devotion. This ego is such a subtle thing. This is why in the Mahabharata, <coughs> Bhishma represents, every one of those characters represents a psychological trait. Bhishma represents ego. And you know that Bhishma had the grace not to die until he gave himself up. And there he was on the battlefield, riddled with arrows, lying on this bed of arrows, still conscious. And in fact, his closing experience in life was giving a beautiful, a beautiful lecture on kingship. But he, only when he gave his own life up, could he find that. Now there are several things that are very important in this understanding. First of all, the ego has to give itself up into something else. <clears throat> what else can it give up, give itself into? In the Bible, it says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. This is why the guru is necessary. It isn't for his teaching. I read in the Times of India a few months ago, that who needs gurus now? We've got bookstores, <laughs> libraries. You don't get the truth from books. You can only get it by being in tune with somebody who is out of his ego. That's why some great yogis are monis. They don't speak at all, but they transfer their consciousness. That is what the purpose of the guru really is. His teaching is a help, but until you absorb that teaching into yourself, and understand his consciousness, you don't become him. Each disciple is his own self. But the Guru gives you that key to freedom because he gives you that touch of understanding in yourself which makes you realize that this isn't my real self. You are the infinite. So the Guru is a large part of it. Yogananda used to say that 25% of the spiritual effort is your own effort. You must really try your best. 25% means 100% as far as you're concerned. 25% is the, is the Guru's effort on your behalf. And he will try more for you if you offer yourself to him. He too will be drawn to you according to how much you draw from him. As Ananda Mohima used to put it, I'm like a drum. As you beat me, so I sound. So it isn't just being a disciple, it's attuning yourself to his consciousness, receiving that consciousness into yourself, feeling his thoughts, his approval on what you're doing. And then the 50% is the grace of God. And without grace, grace is like the sunlight on a building. If the curtains are drawn shut, the sun won't be able to enter. 
if the curtains are drawn wide, the sun can enter. Grace is not something that God decides. You have to decide. You have to open your curtains. The grace is always there. But we have to open ourselves to that grace. Now, my own experience, you've asked me. I had a hard work at this, but it was well worth it. I remember one night I was meditating, and I think I told the story the other day without giving the facts of it. I'll give you the facts of it now. I said to myself, I'm so fed up with this ego. It wasn't pride. It was just the thought that I'm me and you're you. Why have this separate thought? And I absolutely, with great firmness, said to God and to Guru in my meditation, I don't want it anymore. I give it to you. With all my willpower, I gave it away. And uh, it did something. I've been changed ever since that moment. I came out of that meditation and uh, I saw Master standing on the, above the tennis courts looking out across, across Los Angeles. And I touched his feet and he blessed me and he said, very good. And I have felt that freedom. I don't say utter freedom, but I must say it's been my experience and it's been well worth it. Because I just don't think that I'm important. I don't think I matter in the scheme of things. And one time, in fact, he, we were talking again because you've asked me my experience. I'm telling you my experience. Otherwise, I wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about so many ministers who it goes to their heads when they have many people listening to them. And I said, sir, that's why I don't want to be a minister. And he very, very sternly, very firmly, I should say, said, looking down at the ground, he said, you will never fall due to ego. And I have found that that is true. It just doesn't matter to me. So I'm grateful for this experience, and I urge everyone to understand that it does not diminish you not to have an ego. You begin to feel that you're living in everybody. It's a very freeing thought. Whereas this constant thought, you see a sunrise, and you think, I could paint that well. Always back to yourself. Or, gee, that looks like scrambled eggs. I wonder if I could have scrambled eggs for breakfast. Everything people do, it's always going back to themselves, like that advertisement in the waves, the women's um, navy. Uh, Air, for Air Force during the Second World War. Join the Navy and let the world see you. <laughs> this is the fault of human beings. Everything gets referred back to themselves. And uh, I'm very glad that I have had this experience. You've asked me and that has been what it is.